0: what's up everyone and welcome to raise the geek your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies tv comics and gaming this week let's talk prepping for dr strange in the multiverse of madness and by doing so we're going to dive into wandavision and the original x-men movie we have all that and so much more this week on raise the geek and by we i mean chris
1: and on
0: let's go And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to the 53rd episode of Raise the Geek. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man?
1: Chris, what is up today, my friend? Tonight, again, we're doing it again, an evening recording. I think this is the
0: latest recording we've (laughs) ever done. This is almost tomorrow recording. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is a record here. But you know, stuff happens. Uh, you have stuff going on there today, as do I. So we find that we we make the time to get together. I know we uh, took the week off last week, kind of recuperate a little bit. But we are back with some fresh stuff for you guys. Going to talk you, some some stuff. Well, you were a
0: world traveler this week, weren't you? Or a country traveler. You traveled uh, all the way to the southern tip
1: of our country, did you? I did America's Wang. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you're hanging for... out in America's Wang. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think a few episodes ago I talked <laughs> about I was on my way there. But yeah, I went there. It was fun. I mean when you when you hear that you're going out of town for work to Florida, which if you know, you listen to this, I'm living in Chicago. It's like, oh, Florida, nice. You'll you'll have a good time. You'll be in the warm weather and just relax it by the pool, whatever. But basically, I spent the entire time working. So it was really just from work to the hotel to like passing out. So I didn't really, it wasn't a vacation. So, um, but it still was nice weather. I got to wear shorts instead of instead of a big jacket in the snow. So, uh, yeah,
0: I don't know what I'm doing on a work trip here at the end of end of May to Cleveland. And I'm like, I don't know what to do at Cleveland. Like Cleveland, nobody likes Cleveland. I will be in Chicago for a layover flight though. So I'll be at Midway for, you know,
1: like an hour, <laughs> 45 See, minutes.
0: You want to meet me at a bar somewhere?
1: I was going to say, if this was like, remember back in the old days, you could like meet people at the, the airport. airport, at the terminal. Like yep. when, when you used to pick people up. Like the people meeting you or wherever you were going could just be standing there when you got off the plane. That yep. seems so weird now. Like nowadays there's no way you're not getting through security without a ticket and ID going through security back when we were in the old day, you could just pull up, park your car, just walk right in. Yep. Like,
0: I remember doing that. I remember picking people up, standing at the gate. So we ra- ready right there. Yeah. When they got off the plane, I was like, Hey,
1: yeah. Yeah. That, that's not a thing that exists anymore.
0: But wouldn't it be cool? Because then, like I said,
1: you guys can meet me at the
0: terminal. We run to the bar. We get a drink, hang out for an right. hour. That'd be awesome.
1: And you know, in the airport, there's no rules. Like, you just have beer at 7 in the morning, have a drink. Okay. It doesn't matter. You're sleepy. You just fall asleep on the floor. Who cares? It's the airport. There's no rules. It's like its own... It's its own country.
0: I have fallen asleep on the floor of an airport. I'm not too ashamed to say it's happened.
1: We've all been there. Yeah,
0: it it happens. Some you got to do what you got to do. Flying's weird. You got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: But Don, we wanted to prep ourselves and you all out there listening for Doctor Strange two. This should be coming out just a couple days or even a day before uh, some of you all are seeing. Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So we've already talked about the actual Dr. Strange movie and our thoughts about that. So definitely check back into the archives for that episode if you want to really deep dive into the first movie. So we won't be doing that there, but there's still so much to dive into for Dr. Strange 2 and getting some prepping. So like I said, we're going to jump into WandaVision and X-Men, the 2000 version, the original X-Men movie where it all started and where superhero movies really all started. We're going to dive into all that today but before we do make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services so you don't miss an episode you don't miss a thing you don't miss a conversation uh, make sure you like subscribe follow I already said that didn't i yes i did make sure you rate and review us though five stars we're looking for like i said it's late don't know what's going on it's been a long <laughs> day and make sure you all if you want to join the conversation you hit us up on twitter at raise the geek or shoot us an email at raisetageek at gmail.com.
1: Exactly. Say it twice. Just as nice. It's okay. I wanted
0: wanted you all to understand what I was going for here. Like, subscribe, follow. It's important. Helps us. I don't know if you heard word.
1: me the first time.
0: <laughs> you weren't listening the first time. I had to say it a second <laughs> time. Don, we had a lot of actual MCU news that came, so we figured let's let's throw that in here as well because this week we had John Watts, who was currently set to direct the Fantastic Four movie for Disney Marvel. He left, leaving that movie no uh, no director. John Watts is actually the director of the entire MCU trilogy of Spider Man. That we mm-hmm. looked up before we hit record <laughs> to make sure we knew what we were talking about. Yeah, um, but now Fantastic Four is directorless with this movie. When are we going to hear anything about this movie? Um, I yeah. want casting news on this movie, and now it's got no director. So who knows when we're going to get any of that, man?
1: Yeah. So I guess the first step to getting that casting news will be to now replace the director, which you thought you had in place. Uh, this news came out the other day and it's just kind of noteworthy but i don't know how i necessarily feel about it john watts clearly is a talented director that we enjoy just because we've liked all the the spider-man mcu trilogy so clearly he knows how to make a superhero movie so he i'm sure he'd be a fine guy to do fantastic for i totally understand his reasoning like i I think i I read somewhere he just kind of maybe has superhero movie fatigue, which is completely understandable after what he's just done over the past number of years. Right, uh, directed three Spider-Man movies, then to just hop into Fantastic Four. I'm sure he wants to maybe try something else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I
0: don't. I don't blame him. I think in in many ways we all have superhero movie fatigue to a point. so yeah, at some point, I, I don't
1: blame him. Yeah, man. So now like like you said the question is who do you get to replace him? I'm sure they'll find somebody, but it's just fun to kind of think of like who we'd imagine doing it. I know a guy when I saw, I saw a question posed on Twitter like who should who should take over a Fantastic Four movie now and a guy who jumped to the top of my mind was Alex Garland. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like a young director who did Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation. He's got another new movie coming out called Men, which I watched the trailer for which looks fun. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Yeah, he looks like he's a really talented guy and like Fantastic Four is kind of like a quasi sci-fi superhero movie. This guy's shown he can do sci-fi with Ex Machina and and stuff like that. So I think he'd be an interesting choice. Another one that is just like an obvious pick just because of fan castings is, you know, everyone thinks they want John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, we just talked about A Quiet Place a couple episodes ago and he showed he can be a good director. So, hey, man two birds with one stone, let him get a superhero movie that he can maybe direct and <laughs> star in. Right?
0: How crazy would it be if everyone wants him cast as Mr. Fantastic and he ends up directing the movie, but not starring in it.
1: <laughs> right. right. That would be hilarious. Um, but I, if I, if I saw his name attached to that movie, I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't no. be mad. He's shown he can kind of handle it. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I'm sure there's a lot more other qualified people too. Um, but Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. We'll see what they do. Hopefully they do it quick so we can get some casting. Yeah,
0: i just kind of really curious where they're going with the Fantastic Four and even as we're going to talk about a little bit later, but just the X-Men, you know, where they bought Fox and they bought all these Fox content and these characters are now part of the MCU. And it's just like, I'm ready for what that looks like, you know, kind of, I guess, a new infusion of some new characters and a new corner of the MCU. We've talked about the mystical corner with Dr. Strange. We've talked about kind of the monster corner with, uh, with the Eternals or Black Knight Blade. So kind of waiting for that mutant corner to show its face a little bit and see what that looks like, you know, especially coming off of rewatching X-Men from 2000, just seeing what a X men looks like today, under the MCU banner, like a yeah. refresh X Men sounds really interesting. So I uh, just kind of really anticipating. mancy for it.
1: Well, yeah, man. Well, like Fantastic Four and X Men are two of Marvel's biggest properties.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've been we've been kind of waiting for years for them to be able to incorporate those characters into this uh, movie universe that we've been enjoying for a, a decade. So now that finally all those characters have the ability to be used it's like all right when are we getting to it when are we getting x-men like maybe this doctor strange movie is going to be the first step towards that hopefully um and when we talk about wanda i mean she's a mutant in the comic books they couldn't really go that route in the mcu just because of legalities of who owned the rights to who but like now it's finally like okay i'm ready for it i'm ready to see the mcu's wolverine i want to know who uh the mcu's Cyclops and magneto and professor X are gonna be you know I'm just Ready that, for it. That's, such, that's such an important comic book franchise I just want to see him on the big screen again with all these characters we've been watching
0: yeah and you and I'm sure you saw as well that Kevin feige basically said they're about to plan out the next 10 years worth of MCU movies I did. Um, I did. so we might at least have a better roadmap sooner than we realize yeah depending on hopefully. what comes out of those planning sessions and what they announce and when they announce it
1: yeah, hopefully we live long enough to see the end of this saga we may we may <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in this life but it's like ooh, ten. you guys got 10 more years playing i'm gonna be a 50 year old man still sitting there <laughs> watching these movies know. that's uh, crazy but um a little bit a little bit yeah a little bit that's telling tell the same story when i'm 50 that i started when i was pre-30 so <laughs> yeah, i know in
0: my 20s like my a quarter <laughs> yeah. of my life is going to be mcu yeah <laughs>
1: Well, do you remember what they did in Iron Man as a 50 year old man trying to tell somebody like,
0: hey, what think you about ta- the kids? It's like it's going to be like The Simpsons. You know, there are people alive now that don't remember the world without The Simpsons. Like we had we had like what, five, six years without The Simpsons where we remember like yeah. I remember when The Simpsons premiered and I yeah. remember like the run that that was. But there are people that were born. And people probably even listening right now that don't know what it's like to be alive a day without the Simpsons existing. Yeah. If we yeah, say what you want about the quality of the show, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's, crazy. Is, it's still a part of pop culture and it's still a part of Americana. Ultimately, you know, it's just crazy yeah, to I think mean. about that. And the MCU is pretty much there or rapidly going to be there for a lot of people where it's just going to be like, you're born after Iron Man came out and (laughs) right your whole life you're going to be 20 30 years old and you're gonna be like mcu is all i know
1: yeah somebody watching mcu in 10 years and be like iron man i gotta go back and watch it. that's a classic that's (laughs) what before i was born that's old like speaking (laughs) just real quick speaking on the simpsons it's funny to me that you mentioned that because it is true like that show's been around so long there's like some short that they just came out with us on disney plus that's like lisa uh, Lisa Simpson playing music with Billie Eilish. I don't know if you know who Billie Eilish yeah. is. She's like some popular musician now. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I was sounding all old. Billie Eilish. She's this young person musician. But like, so Lisa's in this episode with Billie Eilish. I remember when the Simpsons. Bart Simpson was making music with Michael Jackson. Like <laughs> right. So we go from this. This show stretches all the way back to when Michael Jackson was a popular. Uh, he's not even alive, <laughs> right? This is back to the '90s, and this is, he's still ten-year-old party still living in the same world. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, it's 100 uh, crazy to think about. Yeah, I saw that when I was on there watching uh, the the prepping for the our, our Doctor Strange talk, and I saw that being teased as Billy Eilish and Lisa. So yeah, it's funny that you you mentioned that.
1: Come a long way.
0: All right, last MCU news: Ant Man three and Marvel's. Oh, it did what is what the hell is that movie called? The Marvels? The Marvels. The yes. Marvels. I wrote I wrote it like that, but I didn't read it like that. Ant-Man <laughs> three and the Marvels sweep swap release dates. Yes, they oh, did. now uh Ant Man Three is set to come out February 17th, 2023, and the Marvels is set July 28th, 2023. So m- the Marvels is getting the big summer release.
1: Yeah, man. It, it's uh so just a easy, quick swap right there that we probably won't understand why they did it, but they did it. So now we just get to talk about it. But you know what? To me, it's just fine because we get Kang a little quicker. So right. we're gonna get we're gonna get to see Kang uh, sooner than we anticipated. So I'm I'm all for that. Um, you yeah. get, you got you got to wonder if something maybe something that happens in Ant Man they maybe added or 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 are insinuating that may affect something in the Marvels. That might be the only reason they're swapping dates while they want that to come out first, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's just, and just a little side note. It's funny. I was like watching TV here, just flipping channels before we started recording and Ant-Man and the Wasp is on like TNT or something right now, Mm -hmm. but on the guide, it says Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. And I Mm -hmm. clicked on it. I have a picture of it. I took it. So this is true. I'm not making it up. It says Ant-Man and the Wasp, mania is on TNT right now. I was like, what? An, a year early? This is great. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. They, there must have been some mess up with like the programming, but it's like they're on the guy. Um, that's
0: funny. Someone was having yeah. fun when they were putting in the, the <laughs> I guess. I guess. They're like, this will be funny. So that was more of a, a PSA for everyone, just to let you know. If you were super pumped for uh, the Marvels, you're now going to have to wait until next summer and not february but we're gonna get ant-man 3 and as don just said kang a little early
1: yep that's a thing
0: now what are the chances as we shift over to dr strange and the multiverse of madness prep what are the chances we see kang in this movie
1: Who man yeah i'm you know we've all been thinking that ever since loki ended Yeah, I'm dying
0: for I'm dying for Loki since Loki ended. I'm dying for any version or any anything from Loki to show up in the MCU. Like he screwed up the whole multiverse and completely screwed up timelines and really like did all of this damage to the timelines that came from that with Kang. And we haven't seen anything come from that yet.
1: Yeah. And and we expected that we might get a little taste of something in Spider-Man, at least, because that is also a multiverse movie we just watched. Um, but nary a mention of Loki or Kang or anything really in that, they kind of just did their own multiverse thing. So I don't know, man, now this is finally the third multiverse thing we're going to get. So we had Loki, then we had Spider-Man. Now we're about to have Dr. Strange. You'd think they'd have to start connecting them in some kind of way. Like the events of Loki, I feel like, have to influence this movie somewhat. Mm-hmm. So I would hope I would hope maybe we get some kind of sense of uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying Tom Hiddleston has to be in this movie, but if it did, I, if he is, I wouldn't be mad at it. And if like some kind of mention of Kang or a Kang variant is mentioned, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, it's just the way I pictured things kind of playing themselves out, you know, after Loki. So yeah, I definitely, We'll see, is what I guess I'll say. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, obviously we don't know. And it's one of those things that's, I've, I've paid very little attention to the marketing for this movie. I watched the first couple trailers.
1: Super cool, super pumped.
0: Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, I really don't know what to expect for this movie. There's so many rumors about all these different variants of different characters and different franchises and all this stuff that may or may not pop up in this movie. All the teases, the Easter eggs that have been dropped in the trailers and posters, and who knows exactly what's going to come to fruition. And I really don't know at all what's going to happen in this movie outside of just some craziness. And mm-hmm. so I'm super excited. You know, it has that Spider-Man no way home kind of excitement but i don't really know like that movie i still kind of had an idea of what was going to happen i just needed to see it for myself this one i really don't know what's going to happen in this movie (laughs) yeah so
1: it's kind of exciting it's it's gonna be wild especially with all the rumored cameos that are supposed to happen um like finally confirming that who he is talking to is the illuminati so we know there's going to be like that whole thing and and patrick stewart has confirmed he is in this movie as professor ice like yep. those are the those are the ones we have confirmed if we're getting that just confirmed now i'm just imagining the rest of the things we don't know and it's another thing that's amazing to me is this movie was originally um kind of promoted as being the running time was two hours and 30 minutes well after they did all their cuts now this movie's two hours there's only a two-hour movie um <laughs> So I don't know how they're going to fit everything we kind of expect to just. Yeah, they somehow managed to shave 30 minutes off of this movie, I guess. Um, but do that. So I don't know how they're going to fit everything that we expect in this movie in a two hour thing, like two and a half hours. is kind of seemed like it's the new standard for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's wild. I'm excited. I'm here for that, to, I'm here for that. Yeah. two
0: hours. Um
1: Yeah. That means that means there's not going to be a wasted scene. Hopefully, you know, you got to fit it all in two hours. Another thing that does excite me about this movie is I just saw a quote the other day from Sam Raimi talking about it. And, you know, it's awesome. Standalone awesome that he's doing another superhero movie, which is just like super important to us who've, who've loved all his stuff back to Spider Man and everything, but uh he had a quote saying like, "Yeah, I'm going to show these kids how you make a superhero fl- film." So yes, get That's him, awesome. Sam. That's tell awesome. Him. Uh, how crazy he, is
0: it that his the next MCU movie after Spider Man is Sam Raimi's?
1: Right. <laughs> who, yeah.
0: You did the first two, three Spider Man movies and really like brought Spider Man to popular culture and made him yeah. the biggest character superhero of all time and yeah, he's, he's gonna fitting. show up with dr strange just like here we go bam throw some evil dead in this god
1: yeah it's super fitting so yeah, i'm I'm, awesome. I'm really hyped for it got my tickets i'm ready to go yeah i gotta i gotta look into that yeah yeah you do but uh we're here today to prep you guys for it a little bit we're gonna talk about some of the stuff we haven't had a chance to talk about um we started this podcast after wandavision came out so we haven't really had a chance to talk about it too much we're just going to kind of touch on a little bit but you know wanda is clearly a big part of this movie she's kind of like it's kind of almost her movie too it seems like a little bit it'll be fun to talk about her with you and uh let's let's see where we where it goes
0: absolutely so marvel marvel dropped out a tweet or announcement somewhere basically saying you want to prep for Doctor Strange too. these are the things you need to watch. So you have a couple days from when you're listening to this to watch all of this. But Doctor Strange, the first movie, obviously, you probably want to check that out. And you probably already watched it since you did this. WandaVision, which is going to be the most time inclusive to try to get through if you're only got a day. And then Marvel's What If is coming into the fray here of basically saying that you need to watch this show, which we talked about. Marvel's What If? Um, in some past episodes as well, and we always wondered when this show was going to tie in, and if it even did, and if it mattered. And we thought they were lying to us when Tom Hiddleston and was like, "You need to watch What If? It's it's canon." And we're like, "Yeah, right. This show sucks." And then now it's canon, and now they're like, "You need to watch this before you see Doctor Strange." So, fools on us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I also. I also did see something that said the fourth film you need to see is Spider-Man No Way Home, which everyone already has That anyway. makes sense, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, that was clearly Doctor Strange and Wong were both in that film, so I'm sure that helps to see. Uh, but, yeah, that's the four. Luckily, we've seen them all. Oh, we've yeah. Talked, we've talked about Doctor Strange, like you mentioned. Um, we haven't too much touched on WandaVision too much. Um, we're about to. Yeah, a show I really really liked and the more i thought about it after it was done and i think about it now i was like man i think that's still my favorite disney plus show like through it all and like the entirety of the show if i stack them up all next to each other like i don't think i can pick one that i like better um wandavision did start a little odd and we even talked about it before like we didn't know what's going on but then when i look at where we finished with that show i'm like oh now now it all makes sense. I know what they were going for. I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to be unique and make this different than, you know, any MCU experience we've had. And it all kind of works in the end and makes total sense. And just, I don't know, man, it's, it's a show that I really like and, and want to rewatch again. Um, and it's got Wanda, who's a very intriguing character in the MCU. And I really um, have loved her journey from where, where we kind of met her from Age of Ultron to Civil War, and she was in, you know, Endgame and Infinity War. Um, yeah, Wanda's a hell of a character, man. I don't know how you feel about her and WandaVision.
0: Yeah, WandaVision was when they did that initial announcement, like, slate of MCU, Disney Plus shows. It was the one I was the most excited for. I was like, mm-hmm. WandaVision. I, we have both talked about many times that we're big fans of the Tom King vision comic run which this clearly was taking heavy inspirations from um leading into it it obviously took a completely different mcu type shift so they didn't really follow that story arc which still is still kind of a shame it would have been cool to see some of those moments play out but regardless i was super pumped for this show i was glad when it swapped places with uh winter soldier and falcon and became the first um disney plus show and i thought it was really cool Um, and definitely looking back at it and seeing where the whole show was going. I agree with you that that it was kind of really cool in that way. But I do think it was kind of the most fun. It had a lot going on. It tied in the tightest with like the MCU. It didn't feel like a swan song for the characters. It was more of just like the building bricks to the next step, where every other MCU show so far has almost felt like Like Hawkeye is like, okay, it's kind of the finale for Hawkeye. And let's like pass the torch. Like everything's been passing the torch. And WandaVision was the very much like still tied into the MCU pretty tightly.
1: And felt like it was. we 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 still have a lot to do with her. Yeah. And Vision. You know what I mean? They still have a lot of things to do in the MCU. That's so that's a good point. Like, like you said, Hawkeye was kind of him stepping to the side and uh Loki even maybe to an extent with introducing his variant of Loki and um so yeah that's a good point i agree it was just kind of a a nice little step in their journey and finally giving wanda and vision that spotlight yeah and i do finally i do feel like still to this day wanda vision was the only marvel show we've had so far that like captured the general public's interest to a super high level like people were talking about wanda vision who don't even watch yeah. Marvel, MCU, like no one, no one did that for Captain America or Loki or Hawkeye or even Moon night right now. Like no one's talking about those really, except like Marvel fanboys. You don't hear about it like in the general, but people like the next day were like, did you watch WandaVision? Like even people who don't even know what's going on in the MCU were like, this is a great show. I love this. Yeah, um, you
0: were right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, it really was the show yeah. when it was on.
1: Yeah, it was like one of those talk about water cooler shows that we talk about. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely fond, fond thoughts on that show and and Wanda in general. I don't know. She's just uh, I'm, I'm excited to see her kind of in a new film. And it's hard to tell what she's going to be in this movie. Um, I know the little trailers we've seen, it's hard to tell if she's a ally or if she's the actual villain. And you know what? Either one will work. Mm-hmm. She could be either. Oh yeah! Every everything she's been through, like I talked about, she's lost her brother early on. She's lost Vision, her soulmate, two times. One time when she killed him, and one time when he like died, got lost at the end of Wandavision, and now he's White Vision, which that's a whole other thing. But also her children, which are real children to her, that now she's lost. It's like she has every reason to become a big bad in Marvel and and really could take out anybody. She's like one of the most powerful characters they have. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's going to be fun to see kind of where they go with her. What, what happens there?
0: Yeah. It's, it's super cool that we're getting that opportunity. Before we go too much further, let's talk a little bit about just WandaVision as a show for those who might not have watched it. Um, give a little brief synopsis here to catch everyone up and refresh some memories of where we're all at. Um, But the basic synopsis runs as blending the style of classic sitcoms with the MCU. Uh, Wanda and Vision, two superpowered beings, live their ideal suburban lives. Um, They begin to suspect that not everything is as it seems. So WandaVision, as Don said, really started it Built itself around being like a TV show and very like, hey, we're aware we're a TV show. So the first couple episodes were very like 50s and 60s TV show, sitcom, laugh tracks, like full on camera, how they shot it. And it was really... Throw throw through you off a little bit is what you're like what am i watching right now because it was just full-on like sitcom like bosses coming to dinner and you know very bewitched like you know wanda's using her magic powers to cook dinner and to do those things and they're like oh don't get caught with your powers and we're just like what is going on in this show Mm -hmm. and after we got through the first couple episodes we hit that third episode where all of a sudden we jumped out of um westview that was the name of the town right i believe so um, once we got once we stepped out of Westview and then all of a sudden we saw uh, Kat Denning's character from Thor 2 came back. Um, I'm blanking on her name at this exact moment as I'm trying to pull it up. Darcy. Darcy yeah. showed up and Jimmy Wu, Randall Park from the Ant-Man movie showed up as FBI agents basically trying to figure out what's going on. And then we started getting this mystery of. Wanda and what's going on in this town, and that something bigger is going on. And how is Vision? Because this show took place after Endgame. This was the first real MCU that we got after End Endgame ultimately. I know Spider-Man Far From Home was there, but it was mm-hmm. separate. This was the first one that tied into and had ties into because as we said, Vision died in that movie mm-hmm. twice. So it was one of those things where we're like, How do we How is Vision alive? There were a lot of questions going into this, trying to figure out what we had. So once we came out of like the sitcom and really started seeing the outside world a little bit, we were realizing, hey, Wanda's either up to something or being held hostage and what's going on. So then we basically ran through a lot of episodes trying to figure out what's going on in Westview overall. And then Vision started becoming suspect to what's going on and then you started realizing that that wanda might be behind everything and we started getting some flashbacks into things that happened after end game but before wanda vision like the 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 shield holding vision's body captive and wanting to do studies on it and all of these things that really was just breaking wanda over and over again and then as don said pre- previously we st- got introduced to uh, wanda and vision's kids in sitcom style um i'm blanking on their names now too i'm terrible with names
1: yeah it's okay we know we know the children
0: the children the children tommy <laughs> mm-hmm. the I, imdb is killing me billy and tommy
1: <laughs> billy and tommy <laughs> and that <laughs> and the, the double dragon twins <laughs> <laughs> two classic white boy names what's yeah,
0: right? <laughs> oh, the whitest <laughs> names you know billy and tommy yeah Maximoff, off.
1: Yeah. I think double dragon was like Billy and Jimmy, but it's like the same thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Billy and Jimmy. And yeah, Billy and Tommy. So we had Billy and Tommy as the kids, which we know in the comics are characters, you know, and it does tie in one of the coolest things that I think that this show did that blew everybody's mind is when they had Evan Peters walk in as Quicksilver who mm-hmm. was playing her brother, but that's not who played her brother in Age of Ultron but right. it was who still played the character in the Fox's Fox- X-Men <laughs> universe so I mean when he showed up at the door as Quicksilver and being her brother that was just like just yeah. a mind just mind bending moment of like what is happening right now on this show
1: <laughs> well that, that also started the trend of these MCU shows having like a WTF moment in episode 4 of the every series Yep, that was episode 4 of that I think episode 4 of Falcon was when um John Walker like killed a guy with the shield. And then you know what if was the Doctor Strange episode, which was like the biggest WTF one of that series. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even now to moon night, which I won't talk about yet because we haven't I don't even know if you've watched it yet. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so that, that was totally cool. Um yeah, dude, and then and WandaVision, like you said, it just kind of gets to this point where we were realizing that Wanda is so powerful that she's basically taken this entire town hostage and, and fixed it to her image, the way she wants it to be to like replicate this perfect life she could have had with vision that she doesn't get to have, um, in real life because he's gone. So it's like a way of her dealing with grief being that much of a powerful person that she can actually do this. Um, so yeah dude it goes in a lot of crazy ways it's finally basically the end of this show is her realizing getting to the her full powers as what she can actually be so the scarlet witch like this is the first time we're calling her the scarlet witch and we see her in the the scarlet witch costume and we get introduced to agatha harkness who kind of like helped nudge her along a little bit and who was her her antagonist during the show but um yeah dude a a, a great show
0: oh yeah and the best the best episode was the fifth one with evan peters when they did the malcolm in the middle ripoff and they like did switch the camera angles and they did the malcolm in the middle thing and he was just like the fun uncle that was getting the kids in trouble like that episode was so well done it was wasn't
1: that that the same one where they were in like the halloween costumes of themselves yep Yep, that was was the halloween one so it was like classic vision and classic scarlet witch costumes which was Amazing and like yep. Evan Peters had the Quicksilver outfit with like the uh gelled up silver hairs, just like dude, come on, yep. you guys are crazy for this one! Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing.
0: Uh, but yeah, and as you said, we, we wrapped it up with Agatha Hartness coming stepping out saying she was in the town the whole time, kind of faking along with everybody and really wanted Wanda's powers. And they ended up having their CGI battle in the sky, and vision, as you said, turned into white vision they had a clone of vision and uh he flew off and we don't know where he's going or what's happening with him but wanda had to kind of in a very emotional send-off basically had to let the town go which meant her children who were created in that town didn't exist anymore her version of vision didn't exist anymore and she had to kind of learn how to move on and the show was all really about letting go
1: yeah yeah letting go and and you know but then there at the end we did see that she she does believe her children are still alive out there and that's kind of what her mission is going to be at this point uh which brings us to dr strange this is the next thing we're going to see her doing and how she's going to get involved it's still yet to be seen but we do know she is very heavily involved in this movie that's why we kind of wanted to revisit her um and the show and WandaVision, vision which is a great show i'm really glad we're getting more wanda i think she's an amazing character just period um and it's she she may be our key like we were just talking about into the mutants finally coming into the mcu um i mean she makes sense to be the one to do that in the comic book she's the one who like made the mutants disappear so maybe in the mcu she's going to be the one who makes them up here for the first time you know what i mean yeah um She's got, she's got the power to do it, dude. She's, she's one of the, she's one of the powerhouses. So we'll see what happens.
0: What do you think the chances of them retconning to the point where they make Magneto her dad?
1: It's very possible, especially if they bring uh, Magneto in, which why wouldn't they? I mean, he's, he's one of the, he is the main villain for the X-Men. So if you bring it in the X-Men, you've got to assume Magneto's going to be yeah. involved in some way. Um, and that's a very interesting plot line in the comics is that she is his daughter, along with Quicksilver being his son. So, I think if they have the ability to do that, they would do that. Um, I don't know, they always get very creative with how they do these things, so we'll see if they're able to do that. Um, right, it would would be. be fun, yeah, it'd be really fun.
0: How crazy would that be? But WandaVision was a lot of fun um, looking back at it. And as you're putting it, I really do think it probably was one of the best Disney Plus shows so far from the MCU. And it really was the main one that everybody watched. For sure. If they ended up ever doing a, se- a second season for that one, which I know they said they weren't, um, I think that would be big big news.
1: Yeah. I mean... I don't I don't think they're going to do a second season just because these characters have other things to do. Like that was such a confined. It just like screams limited series because like this is just the story. There's no way you could do another. I mean, you could do another project where Wanda and Vision are together, Mm -hmm. but you can't do another Wanda Vision. There can't be like another town sitcom. It was like a one shot. It could have been a movie, but they were just like, let's just do a, you know, eight episode series of this. Um, so I just took it as that and super enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. It was a good time. And I'm can't wait to see how she ties into and what Wanda is going to do here in Dr. Strange too. As we said, is she the good guy? Is she an ally? Is she a villain? What is she? We don't know. Is she going to find her kids? I don't know. Is vision going to be in it? I don't know. I don't know what Sam Raimi's doing. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't yeah. cut out of those 30 minutes they dropped from that movie. But Donnie, right. I think it's time for us to talk about some X-Men.
1: Yeah, definitely. We, we need to because, I mean, we're talking Doctor Strange. It's been confirmed who's in Doctor Strange. Amazingly shown us in the first trailer. We heard the voice. We heard Patrick Stewart talk. Professor X is in the Illuminati. He is sitting on that council. gonna so talk crazy. To so... Um, I mean, we can't not talk about his first appearance. And basically now X-Men, does that make the X-Men the first official MCU movie? If, if, if Patrick Stewart is in this movie, um, I mean, kind of yeah. does, doesn't it? a little the bit depending, in the year 2000.
0: depending on his version we won't know until we see it but we are going to uh jump into x-men from 2022 years ago we are turning back the clock watching the first x-men movie and uh before we jump into that we want to let you know that this episode of raised geek is sponsored by anchor.fm it has been 20 20- Two years. Can you imagine that, Don? 22 years since the X-Men came out?
1: It's quite a while. We were graduating high school back yeah. in our baby days.
0: We were fresh graduated high school because it came out that summer. We were like a month from graduating high
1: school, and then we were going yeah. to the movies to see X-Men. Yeah, it's wild, man. I can't even bring my brain back to it. I can, but... It's, oh, I can. It's-
0: I remember that day for some reason. It was burned. It's like burned into my memory going to... Oh, well, show place
1: show place 16 a theater 16. Near yeah. yeah i remember man.
0: hanging out in the theater for i remember hanging outside for a long time waiting for our ticket time and then i remember going inside and having to wait in line to get seats mm-hmm. because you know there's no selecting movie seats 22 years ago you had to know. get in line you had to be first in line <laughs> if you wanted to uh see that and i remember we were standing first in line and the showing after uh, before us got out and we had to like sing to each other so we wouldn't hear anybody talking when they came walking out
1: <laughs> so i was like i can't believe wolverine we were like yeah
0: 100 i remember all of that yeah and i remember the one girl we went with who sat there the whole time going who's that what's their power
1: you <laughs> know look over and we're like shut up and read a comic book yeah. don't talk to me hey don
0: Hey Don. Who's that? What's their mutant power? Just watch the movie. <laughs> I remember that because I remember going, yeah. I'm glad she's not asking me.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to watch it. Shut up. It's
0: but funny. uh re-watching this movie was a good time, man. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I love this movie. This movie is it's I it still holds up, it's still a good time. It's fun to see where these characters all started, and it really was a great first attempt at superhero films basically
1: yeah this is one of those movies where you like basically just have a soft spot for it in your heart so you forgive it for when you look at it with modern eyes like there's some things that you look at it today and you're like well okay that doesn't hold up as much as it, you know, did then. But that's just because, of course, it's 22 years later. So of course, things look different now. Oh yeah, when like you, physics. <laughs> yeah, when you, <laughs> when you look at a when you look at a modern MCU movie now, the way it looks is of course going to look different from a movie that came out in 2000 and kind of started this whole thing. But this is just one of those movies that just meant so much to. Uh, us as being X Men fans, and X Men was like the most popular franchise at the time for comic books. Um, that you just kind of look at it with those eyes, like, well, this may not be exactly what I'm getting today, but I can just appreciate it and still love it no matter what. It's like one of those where you could do no wrong in my eyes, like, I'll love you anyway. That's just kind of what this movie is. Um,
0: oh, 100%. But- it's and it's what I imagine it's one of the things that I had talked about it earlier when we were talking about, uh, Dr. Strange and all this stuff. It's one of those things that like, I love this movie Mm -hmm. and I'm super excited to see what a new version looks like. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's just it baffles the mind to just imagine what a new X-Men done right. I know they've been making X-Men movies for, you know, even what Dark Phoenix was the last one so far and that came out in what 2016 or 17 or 2018. So it's not like This is the only X-Men movie that's ever existed, but you know. The X-Men movies really took a dip.
1: (laughs) Well, it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like comparing as much as we love to look at Andrew Garfield now with such love and hope. Those those two movies are the the Fox and amazing Spider-Man movies are considered like the the dip in the Spider-Man storytelling. I mean Andrew Garfield, as we've said, is a great Spider-Man, but his movies are not the greatest. Um but then when we finally see Spider-Man get in the hands of the MCU, you're like, oh, this is what this character can do when you like bring him in with everyone else and let him let him kind of interact with what we've already built here as a franchise and universe we all love. Like that's what we're all waiting for with the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. We're we're waiting to see Wolverine talk to um, you know, Captain America. Like we just want that kind of stuff. So that's what we're just kind of been waiting for. Um but anyway, yeah, X-Men, man, 2000. I'll always have a love in it for my heart, no matter what. It's like, just like the Spider-Man 2002, which we had an episode about where we've talked about these movies, those Spider-Man movies, like it re-sparked my love and excitement for live action superhero films after, um, you know, Joel Schumacher's Batman kind of took them, took them down. And like, you, you didn't know what the future of comic book movies was going to be after that. But then these movies come along and just kind of like, wow, this is great. And like modern day MCU and DC and all those, they have a lot to be thankful for to movies like Spider-Man and X-Men. So this is one of those legacy films, you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I just, I just kind of look at it and it's like, this will always, this will never not be good. Uh, it's true. It's true. So, so yeah, it is
0: absolutely true. Well, X-Men, as we said, came out in 2000 for those that, uh, Weren't born yet or (laughs) um, don't uh, don't remember or haven't rewatched it. It was directed by Brian Singer and written by David Hayter, who we've talked about him before because he keeps popping up in all these superhero movies is writing all of them. Um, And uh, basically is a world uh, set in a world where mutants who are evolved, super powered humans exist and are discriminated against. And then two groups form for an inevitable clash, the supremacist brotherhood and the pacifist X-Men. So this movie is basically set up where we did a lot of character introduction because we had a lot of characters to introduce in this movie. So we kind of started out in Germany of 1944, and we saw little baby Magneto using his powers and freaking everyone out in one of the the camps during World War II. And then... uh, jump to present day and we learned about rogue who you know touches people and absorbs their power and then we she ran away from home because she was a mutant and she met with wolverine hugh jackman who was an unknown at the time which is crazy to imagine (laughs) unknown hugh jackman
1: yeah he had to start somewhere
0: he and he started as wolverine can you think of a, a, a worse start or a better start
1: Right. It, it seriously it launched his career. It launched Hugh Jackman's career. He, he he wasn't a guy that anybody knew. Um I guess you can kinda look back and say it was perfect casting for him. It kinda put him on the map. Um and the really was perfect one, casting. Yeah, that's one of the strengths of this movie is the casting is done well mostly. I do have some complaints later. Um we're gonna
0: have the same complaints, I know it.
1: Yeah. But, but like you kind of mentioned, the movie did start with a Magneto scene, which no one expected. Like, that's kind of an unorthodox way to start it, like the villain origin. Um, and I think it was like a bold move of them to do a scene that's kind of based in the Holocaust, which is like a very sensitive subject. Um, but that is that is like where the Magneto character kind of comes from. Um, so kudos to Brian Singer for kind of going there. But. Yeah man, rewatching it I I didn't remember that's how they started the movie and I was like, "Oh wow, that's kind of just like a little unexpected, a little weird the, the way to start the movie is like, you know, 1944 Poland in World War II, a Holocaust scene. Right. Uh the Nazis, you know what I mean? It's just very taboo to talk about and like even do films about. So, um did it pay off in the end? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but it, it was an interesting way to kind of start the movie.
0: Well, 100%. And if you look at what the rest of the movie was about, because the rest of this basically the, what this movie is about is that the government of all the countries, but really we're focusing in America, the government wants to pass a Mutant Registration Act, which is basically going to say, hey, every mutant needs to register to basically exist, which is very similar to, There are a lot of similarities in how the Jewish people were being treated back during World War II and the Holocaust and all of those things where now we have these mutants. So it was kind of like this. Magneto has seen this before. He's seen this type of thing from people before. So it really had a lot of parallel moments in that and then as we kind of were following through magneto had his master plan where basically he was going to turn all of the world's leaders into mutants and say well you can't be against us if you're one of us and you can't be afraid of us if you're one of us and that was really the plot of the movie ultimately and then it was up to the x-men to try to save the humans and you know a lot of cool action scenes in between and a lot of cool uh Mutant moments and comedy and everything else. But I mean, that was the crux of the movie. So I mean, it makes a lot of sense that that's where they decided to start it because it ties into it just lets you know so much of what that Magneto character was about and where he came from. So of course, he'd be afraid of this type of thing. He's already lived through it once.
1: Yeah and that's that's kind of like what i've always liked about the x-men and we talked about this too and we even did our x-men the animated series talk Mm -hmm. they didn't shy away from these kind of subject the subject matter Mm -hmm. of like persecution of people and like civil rights um it's kind of echoing things that are happening in real life like the holocaust like you just said jewish people and then to to um you know civil rights times the persecution of black people and then modern day like homosexual people x-men has never shied away from that and they that's kind of like their version of a group of people being persecuted for who they are you know like being like well there's a mutant registration act you have to you have to register with us kind of like no we don't that's that's going against our rights as a living thing you know what i mean so it's just very it, it's very real. It feels like something that could could actually happen to a group of people.
0: When and yeah, I mean it does happen. And then yeah, exactly, which, I mean, and then if mutants and stuff would, I mean, it's the exact same thing that would happen. If it's very realistic in that route of that, if mutants were real, this is exactly what would happen for better yeah. or worse. You know, so it's, it's
1: exactly is it, it's exactly what would happen. So that's why it feels real and it feels. You know, relevant. That's why you know the interest level is there. Like I said, even in the the cartoon, it they they dealt with the same things, and like us as little kids were like, "This is crazy." But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm I'm totally on board with all that. That was that was kind of like a good structure, a good way to start there.
0: Yeah, it was. It it's it's like I said, it's a solid movie. Most of the effects still hold up pretty outstanding as i mentioned earlier the physics and some of the action sequences didn't quite they were real crouching tiger hidden dragon there with the wires and they were doing some stuff sure. mystique was doing some stuff that just doesn't make sense from a physics standpoint but yeah I'll, uh, I'll forgive it well
1: you know for the year 2000 it was at like top of the line but you look at it now you're just like oh oh no like some of those optic blasts cyclops was doing just look like ghostbusters cgi just like the uh the streams and just like you could totally tell it was you know the best they could do at the time and you look at it and they're like "Uh uh-oh but um
0: but when they did the subtle stuff like magneto when he was holding all those guns on all the cops oh sure that looked cool you know when they did the subtle cgi looked really good
1: yeah still obviously holds up one thing i liked about this movie is it kind of was returning us i kind of mentioned that this is after batman forever and batman and robin which were super camp this movie was kind of returning us to more of a serious superhero movie um and i thought that like totally fit like imagine if this movie would have been another just camp x-men movie like a camp superhero movie it wouldn't have felt right the brian singer totally went into this being like no i'm gonna make this movie serious and actually have you know real real themes make it like a action drama kind of kind of a thing and he had enough humor in there to mix it in where so it was a nice balance but just like I appreciated the level of seriousness it brought back after that Schumacher Schumacher Batman stuff uh it just made it feel more important you know what I mean I I didn't want people laughing at superhero movies again and just being like, look at this silly crap. We're watching again. Just like pow zap, whatever stupid jokes. There were jokes in here, but they made sense and they like kind of lightened the mood at the right moment. Um,
0: yeah, they were subtle, but they were, they were good.
1: Yeah. But this just made superhero movies seem like relevant and important and something, somebody, somebody who just liked movies could watch, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There was more to it than just dancing around in, uh, costumes or you know spandex there was more yeah. to it it had substance and as we just got done talking about there were a lot of parallels there are a lot of complex issues that were being discussed and just kind of covered and hidden a little bit behind the superhero motif but it was still about real things and as we just said it's very grounded in reality even if it's super mutants
1: for sure man I'm with you. And then, and then
0: of course, and it's the reason we're talking about it today is you know, Patrick Stewart being cast as Professor Charles Xavier was like dream casting at the time. Still is. I mean, I still can't imagine, even though we had James McAvoy do that character for how many movies, I still can't imagine anyone else playing that character but Patrick Stewart. Um, the idea that we're going to watch Doctor Strange 2 in a, in a week and have Patrick Stewart roll in roll in again as this character mm-hmm. in a yellow... Fucking wheelchair, floating floating wheelchair, wheelchair. like that's gonna blow my mind. If that chair looks anything like the cartoon, man, that's gonna just
1: Yeah, it's gonna be be wild. Like we've 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 all been through it like there's fan casting all the time where fans are like, This is who should play this. Patrick Stewart as Professor X was like the ultimate fan casting that actually came true. Yep. Like people before X-Men came out were like, Yeah, Patrick Stewart, one, he's bald. He showed he can be the leader. He looks exactly like him. Make it Patrick Stewart. And the studio is just like, okay, you're right. You guys are right. It is Patrick Stewart who should be Professor X, And he is. And he they did it. And it was amazing.
0: And kudos to him for continuing to do it. Yeah. Like, because he did it for the original X-Men. But every time they wanted to, like, bring him back, he came back and did it. Including that he's about to do it again in Doctor Strange 2. You know, yeah. like, he did it, it for was, all the X-Men movies. Logan. He did it in Logan. He yeah. did it. he's always come back to do this character and that's just awesome that he's attached to this character you know and that he just has that many iconic characters that he just keeps being asked to come back to and he yeah. goes all right let's do it and he just makes it worth it
1: yeah and like i i'm totally with you speaking we'll we'll speak on the casting then for a little bit we'll get to the ones we didn't think were great in a minute, but like some of a lot of this was pretty inspired, good casting. I think Ian McKellen as Magneto was a smart choice. Having him and Patrick Stewart kind of play off each other was fun. They're, you know, similar in ages, so that works. But um, I liked their relationship they kind of had where Magneto and Professor X, they aren't, they don't hate each other, they're not villains they're they're not like arch enemies. They're they know they're just old friends who have like ideological differences. They see this, they both know, they both acknowledge that the same problem exists, but they just have different ways that they think they should deal with it. And that's always been their relationship. And I've always loved that. Like even Magneto nowadays in modern day comics, like he's on the X-Men. So he he walks that fine line where he could be swayed into seeing it from Charles's point of view but just want to kind of do it in different militant ways, but they can kind of come to an understanding in times we've seen in comics. So like when you see him in the movie, it's like, yeah, we both have the same idea about how things should be, but we just want to get to it in different ways. And I thought Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart kind of played that relationship. Well, you could like, you could feel that they, they, Cared about each other even up to that last scene where they're playing chess with each other in the cell mm-hmm. after Magneto is defeated by the X Men. It's like I'll see you soon, old friend, or I'll always be there to stop you. Like I just like that dynamic that they've always had. Uh, and Ian McKellen was a good casting, I think. And even in all the movies he appeared in afterwards, you know, Days of Future Past, all those up to that, he's always been a good Magneto. Um, yeah,
0: I thought so. Like I didn't remember who he was. I don't think I knew who he was before this. Uh-huh. I think this was my first, if I remember correctly. I was like, I don't know who that is. He's old. And then, yeah, watching it and looking back, yeah, you couldn't, you can't do better.
1: Yeah. And, you know, people were like, oh, he's too old. But, like, they're supposed to be old. You know, Magneto's an old guy. He's been, he's been around since World War II, and Professor X is older than everybody. So it's like, see, if I remember I correctly,
0: sp- it was jarring. Because Mm -hmm. I think in the comics right around this time was when they were doing the Joseph thing. Right. And where it was like young Magneto with the long white hair and it was like he was reborn and you had that Mm -hmm. Joseph thing going on and then all of a sudden to see the X-Men movie when you're used to seeing this version in the comics, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going back to old man Magneto. Okay. Right. You know, it just was that little jarring, I think, if I remember correctly. But it was 22 years ago, I might not.
1: I also didn't necessarily love the way his costume looked in the movie. I wanted it more comic accurate. I didn't love the helmet. I thought they could have done a better job with that. They fixed that later in the movies with Fastbender, made him look a little more comic accurate. But uh, They learned how to do that. Yeah, all in all, I liked Magneto. I think he could have been used a little more. I don't think they focused on him enough, like didn't make him... uh, I mean, you had that opening with him and like with the, with the Holocaust stuff. And then we didn't really explore that much more. He didn't talk about it. Talk about these are really the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we'll talk about the plot, which is a little thin, but, but, uh, pretty much already did, man. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't really, (laughs) we didn't really dig into him enough. You know what I mean? I hear you. I would have liked to have more, you know, see more why Magneto's doing what he's doing. Um, but yeah all but in yes. all what was this movie casting.
0: an hour and 45 minutes
1: right right so it was pretty tight um, oh it was packed yeah yeah we kind of already talked about Hugh Jackman perfect casting launched his career um, James Marston
0: as Cyclops was perfect
1: he was my only thing is dude. I I don't I like James Marston too I wish Cyclops would have had more to do oh 100% they just kind of made him like a jealous boyfriend who was just kind of there to be the, like the angry member of the team off to the side. Who's mad that Logan's around and like, he didn't really get much depth to his character. Um, but yeah, that was a good casting. And uh, who else did we have in here? I don't know. Rebecca Romaine was fine. Um,
0: Anna Paquin they-
1: was fine. Anna Paquin rogue. I got some thoughts about rogue,
0: but Well, she had the Jubilee role. So, I mean, because it was like Rogue, obviously the Rogue that we all knew was an adult. Mm -hmm. There was no Gambit. You wanted Rogue and Gambit to be together. We never got that. Um, So bringing in Rogue in this very familiar role of Jubilee. Now for the plot of this movie where Magneto needed Rogue's mutant power to basically run the machine, it made sense as to why they did what they did and put her in that role. But yeah, it was always jarring to me because it's just like this isn't the right version of this character
1: well yeah it's just not the rogue we were used to we we watched the comics or we watched the cartoon and we read the comics and rogue was a adult along with everyone else and she you know had flight abilities and super strength abilities and in this movie they kind of only focused on her power sucking ability and that's all she had and she's a kid and she's like a young kid, basically, like you said, playing the Jubilee role. So it's totally just she was made young for the plot yeah. only because it the the plot wouldn't have worked if you used somebody else's power set. It had to be somebody who could take Magneto's power and run the machine for him instead mm-hmm. of him. Um, so that's the only reason we had this young rogue. So I kind of was like, eh, I would have just loved to see it. If you're going to do rogue, I would have liked to see it done right. Um I'm not saying that anna paquin didn't do an all right job at it um but yeah that was one of the ways they kind of like deviated from the comics that i still remember even back then i was like this isn't right that's not nope. rogue uh and you know, still, still
0: wanting to see a rogue done right yeah and hopefully
1: yeah i i'm i'm with you um and now we're just kind of jumping around so another thing that i kind of wish they would have stuck with from the comics was i still remember it bothering me then and it bothers me still to this day is the Same. relationship between wolverine and Sabretooth. yep yep oh <laughs> um, i hate yeah.
0: Sabretooth in this movie <laughs> me i just too. hate Sabretooth in this movie me
1: too um, they made him a mindless brute who just growls doesn't even have any barely any lines he's he's not this is this is the equivalent of bane in batman and robin Yep. just like a mindless whatever and like wolverine and Sabretooth have such a complex interesting relationship with each other in the comic books like the fact that you didn't at least touch on that a little bit this is just was so disappointing i even remember being a kid um well not a kid an 18 year old 17 year old watching this movie in theaters and the first time Sabretooth popped on screen when he jumped out of the woods and he attacked wolverine Like when him and Rogue were driving and Sabretooth popped out the was like, this is awesome. They're gonna know each other and they're gonna like he's like, Oh, it's huge, Sabretooth, and they're like gonna have this huge thing. And it's like they didn't even know each other, and he's just some random dude. I was like, Oh no, that's bad. That's really bad.
0: Yeah, I remember thinking that same thing. And like I said, I don't like Sabretooth in this movie. He works for what it is, but it just wasn't Sabretooth. And then it's it's so sad that I felt like in the wolverine movie the wolverine origins movie like they did it right in that movie like leaf lev schreiber was a great saber tooth like he was he he did a good job with that role in a shitty movie and the story and the origin and all of that stuff was done perfectly in that movie it's just Mm. a shame that that is kind of like in just such a bad movie
1: (laughs) i know so let's put that on the uh checklist of things we hope the MCU maybe gets to one day is exploring a relationship between uh Wolverine and a uh, Sabretooth because you know that'd be fun to really see the 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 past they've been through and their kind of rivalry and similar power sets and the great fights they could have with each other. Maybe
0: they'll uh, do that in Deadpool three.
1: <laughs> that would be fun. That would really be fun. <laughs>
0: Throw Deadpool in there. They're all kind of tied into the same program. Yeah, he-
1: Deadpool was in the Weapon X project. He's got similar healing ability. I could definitely see that. Um, that'd be, that'd be a got. hell of a plot for Deadpool
0: 3. Yeah. Um, I can't not talk about Halle Berry. <laughs> That's where I was going to go to. And what has to be the worst line in movie history.
1: <laughs> um, As I'm coughing over here, laughing. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh Um, And you know what I'm going to say already. You know what the worst line line in movie history is, and it was delivered by Storm in this movie.
1: Do you want to know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? The same as anything else.
0: It's the worst line. That line doesn't even make sense to me. No. It's It's just like, what? That's not even clever. It's just... It, it has to be like the most cringeworthy line ever. And the way she delivers it is cringeworthy. And I mean, Halle Berry's fine as Storm. Storm was never a character that was given any love that she probably ever should have gotten. And it's the same with this movie. She's fine. But that line. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough.
1: Well, well here, I think I'll take it even a step further. I think that Halle Berry is not fine in this movie i think it's a miscast like period um even watching the storm in the animated series we see what kind of character she's supposed to be like storm is from africa storm has that accent she's they've done it they did it in black panther you know they gave them the correct accents and the correct way they speak um so that's the character storm is supposed to be this is just like Halle Berry just talking like Halle Berry with a white wig on so like she's very
0: soft-spoken compared to Storm
1: Storm is like a wise elder character of the X-Men they made her like young and kind of not knowing what she's doing and just it's just Halle Berry talking with a wig like there was no real depth into her character I feel like they didn't really look at the character and be like let's actually do Storm right they didn't do Storm right she just just existed they just kind of chose a, a popular, I hate to say it, they chose a popular African-American actress at the time. They're like, she's Storm. But they didn't really write Storm to like be Storm. That's not who Storm is. I'm sorry. That's just like the way I feel about it. Um, so I'd love okay. to see Storm actually done oh, right. I would know, love to see the Storm done right. Um, so that's that's one mistake hopefully they can make up for. You know, nothing against Halle Berry as an actress. I just felt it was a miscasting to kind of just be like, well, she's a popular actress. Let's let's just throw storm in Halle Berry in this movie. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, totally. You're right. Cringeworthy line. And that's also really be remembered for for this movie is delivering it in that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody knows that line. And then the other one that uh, to me, I just towed. I like that is the most (laughs) worthless (laughs) character ever.
1: Yeah, why
0: they picked toad to be in this movie like i don't know why they decided to do that why just anything
1: that probably cgi tongue technology had just come out so they had to be like let's show him this toad tongue 20 times uh he had (laughs) had
0: just cheesy lines and it just he was just a mess
1: well magneto's entire brotherhood was kind of weak i mean even mystique to a point i mean um technology at the time some of her transitions when she's doing her morphing looked fine but it was like all right i don't know the brotherhood was just a little weak
0: i a hundred percent (laughs) agree
1: yeah but i mean this is all just taking this movie in a vacuum like these are some of the things we look back on now and we're like oh it was it was it was bad but at the time i'm sure i loved it so it's just like I said, it's looking at it with your modern eye now and just being able to criticize. But in the all, in the end, it all just kind of worked together. And this movie didn't deserve Oscar nominations or anything, but it was just like a fun, a fun superhero movie that dude that we just remember finally. And it was the X-Men on on, on the big screen in live action. And we couldn't really ask for more than that. And it, it was given love and attention.
0: Like yeah. attention to detail that was there. Um, you could tell that they did look at the source material. They did try to make those like uh, parallels to our world. They did care for the source material, which is what's like the first step you need to do when you're trying to adapt any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So just that idea that they did that is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. And, And all it does now is watching this movie nowadays, like we've already talked about here but it just makes me more excited for what we can see in the future from these X-Men characters. Like the X-Men are just such a big part of Marvel comics and they're so ingrained in everything. And you just want to see them interact with Captain America and Hulk and Iron Man and everybody. We just want to see all these guys in the same world. It's what we've been waiting for. Like when, when the MCU first started, everything was so separate like spider-man can't be part of this that sucks x-men can't be part of this that sucks well now they all can be like we've seen what Spider-Man, now will be exactly we've seen now spider-man finally being injected into this world and how awesome it makes it and so now it's like the logical next step is bring in the x-men bringing the fantastic four let's get all these guys in so That's i'm crazy I'm just so super excited to uh, finally see it. And so revisiting X-Men was a lot of fun, kind of like a little primer for the future and Dr. Strange and seeing where Charles is revisiting Charles and remember how awesome sauce Patrick Stewart is. And dude, so I just, I had a lot of fun watching this movie again. I'm glad we decided to do it. Um, Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's just one of those movies you can watch over and over again and easily, you know, X2 uh X-Men United isn't that what it was called? Yeah. I, I'll probably watch that again cuz I still remember that movie being like taking this movie and like taking those further steps up further yeah. it just kind of improved on what this movie did. Um and then it all want... went downhill from there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I I just remember X2 being really oh, an yeah. accomplishment and like kind of showing us what we could really do in this world. So,
0: oh um, yeah, that opening scene with Nightcrawler at the White House. Yeah, that's
1: Yeah. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So how far do you think you'll go?
1: Probably in there. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to give last stand a try. No, not last stand. I could see myself watching some of the first class saga again. Some of those, maybe that, and days of future past, but uh, yeah, I mean, the X-Men movies have been peaks and valleys, man. There's really high points and then there's really low points. Um, yeah first class is really good i liked first yeah. class um, i like first class i remember liking days of future past actually um i remember having feelings about
0: it but i don't remember why i did buy the rogue cut of that mm-hmm. but i don't know if i ever watched it or i definitely don't remember it i'm sure i watched it but i don't remember it so i might have to pull out a blu-ray player to watch that again
1: well you got homework to do
0: watch some more x-men movies why not right Except for the First, fact that I can't stop watching Better Call Saul.
1: Uh, that's a topic for another time.
0: <laughs> another topic for another time. But Don, I think it's time for us to wrap up this episode. Yeah. So everybody out there listening can go watch Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, just like we're going to do. So we can talk about it with you all. And the only way we're going to be able to talk about it with you all is if you hit us up on Twitter at Raised Geek, shoot us an email at Raised at gmail.com make sure you like subscribe follow this show everywhere that we are hit us up with those five-star reviews it helps us out a lot but i think that's going to do it for us this week so for Ray's the geek i'm chris
1: and i'm Don, and thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak